I suppose I was always a little jealous of people that I'd met that had had what could be called, a difficult time of things. They had stories to tell by default. We all have stories, I realize that, now, it's just that some stories are more interesting than others, and as a white kid, a white male, because that matters now, growing up during the 80s in Canada what difficulties could I possibly have or encounter? I wasn't holding Caulfield, from a wealthy family and shuttled away to boarding school, that's my buddy January I didn't grow up in an abusive traditional Italian family, that's my wife Lisa. I didn't grow up in an extremely religious and strict Eastern European household, that was my friend Paul. I grew up in lukewarm water, perhaps a little more on the warmer side. We always had, what I figured was a regular house, which now I realize wasn't. We took vacations and played all the sports, even the ones we didn't want to, I figured this was normal, I now know, it's not. We always had two cars, lots of food and I got to pick and wear whatever I wanted. There was no alcoholism, disease, drug abuse, infidelity. For curse sake we took a family vacation to a yoga retreat. This just all seemed how it was supposed to work, this was how it worked, I now know it's not. It was, as I sit here looking back, anything but average. As a 46-year-old married man, still, and white, with a son I wonder what the future holds for my boy. I have certainly realized that I will not be able to provide him with the opportunities I enjoyed as a child. I worry about technology, the internet, phones, social media, the lack of empathy, the dehumanization and the loss of our souls. Heady stuff to be sure, I know, but really, what parent, what person does not think about these things? What stories will Jack have to tell? Will they read like an episode of Family Ties or Growing Pains? What waits for him? I guess my real first memory of music involved my mom. I can vividly remember my mom putting a record on, Hall of the Mountain King Stands Out, and being twirled and whirled around by her throughout the family room. The details aren't as murky as you might think despite being only four or five at the time. There was an overwhelming sense of joy, of love, of optimism in those moments. Life was good. My mom gave up her teaching career to stay home with me, and later my brothers. She was a music teacher, she played the piano and didn't really have to work. You could live off of one decent income at the time. The decent income at that time was somewhere in the neighborhood of 26000. We owned a home, a big one, we had two cars. This was my life. Music, and more specifically records have continued to play an important role in my life. When I was about 13 or so and really beginning to form my own tastes and directions I discovered my Uncle Walt's record collection. Uncle Walt was a bit of a mystery to me. He still lived with my grandparents, in the attic, drove a station wagon, and went bald prematurely in his 20s. I'm not sure what he did for a living but I'm pretty sure he was a security guard at night despite apparently having at least one university degree. The thing with Uncle Walt was, he didn't seem like an adult, he spoke and acted like a kid but occupied a powerful and large body. Family lore has him working shifts after school at the local slaughterhouse and being able to carry entire sides of beef at the age of 16. My Uncle Pete is fond of telling a story that when he was being picked on at school, Walt blew his top and picked the bully up by the neck and threw him across the room into the wall. Uncle Walt wasn't a lot of things, but you didn't want him angry. Anyhow as a kid I enjoyed spending time with Walt, he liked wrestling and Fraggle Rock, he took me to movies and to his friend's record store. Walt had a modest, carefully curated record collection in my grandparents' basement. He also had a turntable, am, receiver and a reel-to-reel. It was the record collection that opened the door. I was fascinated with the albums, the band's name and artwork, the electric prunes, the yard birds, the moody blues, the doors, the Beatles, a veritable list of prog and classic rock. My mom instilled another love for me, a love of reading, a love of books and stories. 
As a child growing up we went to the public library every Wednesday. My dad went to take out albums, records, which he would then copy onto tape. We had, by then, a car with a tape deck in it, I was blown away. And here perhaps my mom introduced me to music and got the ball rolling by dad definitely kicked it downhill. He, for whatever reason, perhaps our proximity to the mountains? One year he decided that we would learn to ski, I was in grade 1 I think. The lessons were at night at a local hill, it always seemed to be snowing and my dad and I would drive over, enter the rental shack, get equipped and to our lesson. This was another thing entirely. The tow rope threatened to pull my arms out, people were crashing, falling and crying all over the place but somewhere in all of that I learned to ski. We would take weekend trips to the mountains, God knows where he got the energy from. Home from work on Friday, pack up the car and off we go, a three-hour drive through the blackness. It was on these drives that I was introduced to Bob Seger, the Bee Gees, ABBA, the Eagles, Neil Diamond and of course the soundtrack to American Graffiti, the classic representative 50s rock movie. I remember him doing the low parts on Duke of Earl, probably my first favorite song, pounding the steering wheel to Hollywood nights and during I Am, I said that I needed to listen to the lyrics. These were the tapes that he copied and listened to, this was my first favorite music and even to this day when I hear specific songs I am instantly transported to those sing-alouds on those black highways and can still hear his voice telling me to listen to the lyrics. Later on he was my introduction to Janet Joplin and the phrase, God that voice. What I remember most about these trip to the library was that I was not given a limit as to how many books I could sign out or the type and genre. I'm not sure if my parents realized just what a powerful gift this was to a kid like me. I wandered around the central library guided only by my curiosity. I quickly figured out the organizational system, which would serve me well later when I worked in one as a teenager. Picking books sometimes just based on their titles, covers, or a suspicion that this was something I should know about, I went through a period where I read everything I could about the French style of dueling with a rapier, it was something as a nine-year-old, I felt I should know about. I would sit in the aisles looking at instructional cartooning books, Ghost and Monsters, Secrets of the Past and Jack the Ripper. It was in a book on unsolved mysteries and a chapter on Jack the Ripper that I scared myself silly. I had always had a vivid imagination concerning all things supernatural but I was unable to sleep with the door closed or lights off for months after. On a later trip to camp, a ghost story about a mad monk and visit to an abandoned seminary adjacent to the camp required me to sleep fully ensconced in my bunk in the sleeping bag, clutching my jackknife repeating the Lord's Prayer over and over. These episodes were the exception to the rule and my love of unencumbered exploration of libraries, museums and art galleries lives on to this day. The only limit for my own son is the 100 book sign-out limit and we've exceeded it several times between my wife and myself.